Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Welcome back to the Theater Podcast, intimate personal conversations with the industry's biggest names. I'm your host, Alan Seals, and our guests today are Alicia Rayner and David Allen Bache, a husband and wife team, actors, partners, both on and off the screen. They are a producing power couple, just an amazing two people that prove that if you're honest and open and are in the same business, you can still become better people and support each other while you're going through all of the crap together because this business will chew you up and spit you out. It's nice to have somebody who knows what you're going through. Before we get into the episode, find me online on Instagram and Twitter at theater underscore podcast. Leave a rating and a review wherever you're listening now. And everybody, please enjoy this episode with Alicia and David right after this break. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Today's two guests are a power couple of TV, film, and theater. Alicia Reiner may be best known for playing Natalie Fig Figuerera, a warden in the world of Orange is the New Black, and has also many additional credits, including Masters of Sex, How to Get Away with Murder, 30 Rock, and even the upcoming production of Mrs. Marvel. David Allen Bache is best known for his five seasons during the TV Land original series The X's, but also has his own string of phenomenal credits, including Royal Pains, Blind Spot, Frasier, 30 Rock, and Lipstick Jungle. These two guests are partners in life and in business. They are co-producers, co-creators, especially when it comes to their daughter and even co-stars, who can now be heard in the podcast original Around the Sun, episode 105. Alicia Reiner and soon-to-be David Allen Bache, because he is late, welcome to the Theater <laughs> Podcast. My dog is here um, in his in his stead. You know, I'm a eternal optimist, and in this moment, there is a lot of uncertainty and discomfort. I love to call it the, I like to call COVID or the pandemic the meditation retreat none of us signed up for, and <laughs> really helped us learn stuff about ourselves but there's also been some spectacular creativity that's come out of it and this podcast is a great example well uh, yeah around the sun so there's david how are you doing david I agree. hello sorry i'm a few minutes late but you know my wife is much smarter and more entertaining than i am <laughs> well your dog was substituting for you yeah yeah <laughs> 
So now that you're here, I actually, uh, we're, we're going to come back to the meditation. We're going to come back to Around the Sun. Yes. I want to quickly uh, acknowledge that even though you two are, are mostly well known now for TV and film, you both have a strong, strong theatrical tie-in because you met during a summer stock production of Twelfth Night, right? I love yes, that you did your did. research. We yes. did. We met doing Twelfth Night. The um, script said fall in love, and you don't argue with Shakespeare, so. <laughs> Actually, I can show you, Gab, the, uh, the Jason. Um, Jason Chatfield, who some say is one of the new modern, he's a fantastic New Yorker uh, cartoonist. David, for one of our anniversaries recently, had this made, and that's me as Olivia and David as Sebastian. That is so, so cute. So then how long ago was that? How long you, have Forever. you guys been working? Years. Yeah, we're, we're actors. Are you crazy? Um, but I will tell you, I was 20. Wow. So, yeah, don't do the math, please. Um, <laughs> more, on, it's on. more than half my life. I'm over 40. So there you so, go. So listen, when when you are 20 and you have a showman, showmances are not uncommon, especially when you are 20. And for it to stick and for it to last. And I then, know, and I really still I like know. him. And we still oh. have sex. I think that's important to say. <laughs> well, Thank you, honey. That's good. I really believe it's important to keep on having sex. I feel very strongly about that. Um, well, I, I think a lot of people would probably agree with you on that. I also uh, am enjoying you, by the way, Alicia, in The Beautiful Liar. Thank that, you. Yeah, yeah. So I that's another podcast. It's It's been such a delightful season of podcasts. I had so much fun doing that. I had so much fun doing Shana Feinberg's podcast for Audible. Um, it's been, I love voice work. You know, I am... I am a cartoon voice, so I do that, and I do a bunch of uh, commercial voiceover. I'm like the voice of Campbell Soup, but it's wait so really fun. yeah, but it's so 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 fun doing. I mean, it's radio plays. It's it's what our grandparents grew up on, and it's so cool using your voice to create everything. The two of you together are such great. I mean, at least from what I know, you seem like such great collaborators, such great creators. And and David, you missed it in the intro. I said that you are co-producers, co-creators when it comes to your daughter, of course, and yeah, co-stars, et cetera. Your best production. Oh, man. Right. Your best production is your daughter. And obviously that leads to enjoying sex. So <laughs> spoiler, spoiler alert, listeners, sex can make babies. So uh, the Wait, two of the, the two of you together, you were in you were in egg together. Right. Yeah. And. Mm -hmm. I guess so when when it comes to your both careers, obviously, you're both very passionate about what you're doing independently. You both have very successful careers independently. When do, when does it make sense to come back together and do something like Around the Sun yeah, or do something like Egg? Thing together. But um, in all seriousness, it, it's a very it's a it's a one job at a time, one collaboration mm. at a time kind of thing. Um, when I was working on Equity, which was the first film I produced, uh, I got in the weeds and um, I was both in it and producing as was my partner on that. And uh, and we 
I basically begged my husband to come be another producer on it. He was already in it. And I was like, we need you. We desperately need an, an onset, another onset producer. And he yeah. did a spectacular job. And then. And that was easy. That was a no brainer for me. I mean, I had, I, I kind of thought I had a break. I was, had just finished a sitcom for five years and I was like, Oh, I get to just coast for a little while. <laughs> and then my wife was like, no, we're, we're making help, this movie. Help, <laughs> We've got this, this twenty locations in in twenty six days. You got to or whatever it was. Oh and, my god! Nice. Um, but but that you know, I was very glad that we were on that together for lots of different reasons, creative and otherwise. Um, and yeah. then with Egg, you know, Egg, we did back to the theater. We did a reading of it as a play. Really, a decade before we produced it, and yeah. ironically, it was right after we had. Um, I guess it was after we sold to Sony Picture Classics. We sold Equity to Sony Picture Classics, and Equity was out there. And I we bumped into the writer of Egg on a ferry going to Kismet. So it was Kismet. And <laughs> she said, oh, I just wrote the screenplay of Egg. Would you like to read it? And we read it, and we had always loved the script so much. And we said, let's, let's make this. Um, and it was, you know, what I'll also say is for me as a producer and I'll let David talk on his own about being a producer. I produce for two main reasons. One is to create more jobs for women and to sort of change the business. So on that shoot, we had, um, I think like uh, all of our, the heads of every single department was a woman yeah. and most of our crew was we were, women. Um, we were over 75%. That was really important to me. And the other thing is to tell stories that other people might be afraid to tell, particularly women's stories. And this is about the choice to be a mother and um, what does motherhood mean and what does fatherhood mean and really getting into the weeds about that. Um, but it's also funny. So I, I think it's when you have something that's deep and funny, um, it's so delicious. And that's why I fell in love with it. Mr. Bache, anything to add? What was the question? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You know, producing, producing, listen, two actors in the same house is two creative people in the same house is one thing, right? And lots of advantages. Uh, I've often said, you know, if uh, if I have a bad audition and I come home and, and say to my wife, the casting person looked at her watch when I was 30 seconds in, there's no explanation needed. And Alicia says, Oh God, that's terrible. I'm sorry. You had to go through that, honey. Like she gets it. Um, if you come home and, and you know, you try to explain that to an investment banker or an, uh, an actuary or so it's, there's a two creative people immediately. There's some positives, mm-hmm. right? Um, and sometimes there's some negatives and sometimes it's that there's two really strong creative ideas and the project can't hold both of those ideas. So, one person's going to have to let go of their idea this time. And then the next time someone's going to have to let go of their idea. That's so- such a good point. And it's, you know, it's so interesting. Just today, I was helping David with a self tape, like every actor on the planet. We have a self tape studio at home soon uh, now. And a, David also built a gorgeous voiceover studio here. And um, <clears throat> I was helping him with this audition. And if it's his audition, it's my job to, Shut the fuck up, you know. <laughs> asks me for direction or help, 
It's my job to be the reader and to take his direction. And if he says act less, it's my job not to take it personally and to just do what he says and help him. And, you know, on the flip side, there have been times where I have an idea about a character and I want to get it just so. And he's super patient as I, you know, get it just right. Um, That's the job of the reader is to say however many times you want to do it. Right. And to serve the piece and serve the audition. And, you know, I want I love when Alicia gets roles and works and um, I wanted to, to feel great about every audition. And this morning, you know, she didn't even get the sentence out. She's like, hey, do you want dot, dot, dot? And I said, nope, thanks. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> because I had I, w- I knew what I wanted to do with it. And honestly, it was for a smaller guest star role. I didn't want to I didn't want to do too much. I didn't want to think too much. Just wanted to do it. Send it over. If I'm the guy for the job, they'll give it to me. If I'm not, they'll give it to somebody else. And I probably wanted to say whatever I wanted to say because he's auditioning for one of my favorite shows of all time. And I, I want to be auditioning for it. Now, I don't. Well, that uh, for another podcast, we'll tell you the story. Of but there you go. got a job that I actually auditioned for. But there for. you go. That's, there are sometimes negatives, right? Two actors in the same house, two producers. And sometimes there's some negatives. There's some jealousy. Uh, Alicia has ali- achieved in her career... Uh, in the last five, six years, a level of celebrity that I have never had. And I sometimes get jealous of that. And I try to tell her like, oh, I'm feeling a little jealous of this, right? Where I want some more attention because it's all about the press or it's all about whatever. So, you know, we, and we've both had ups and we both had downs and we carry each other through those things and we're patient with each other. And the first decade of our career, it felt like to me, though, if I really look at it, it's not the truth. So it's really important to like, always um, analyze your own story, but it felt like the first decade of our career, I couldn't get a job or an agent or a manager to save my life. And he was working all the time. Right, right. Because the exes was yeah. was early. Yeah, it was, it was about a decade ago. And then Orange is the New Black has been, was recent. Well, for me, Orange actually was not that. Orange started in mm. Uh, 2012 and went to 2019 but then that I long. did yeah. the deuce um, and I did you have an old 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 bio my friend um, I did the deuce and then I also did <laughs> uh, better things for the last five years and then I just did the first season of Shining Vale with Courtney Cox and Greg Kinnear um, which will be in stars in March better things the final season comes out February 28th and then there's been a lot of movies in there, including the two that we produced. So it's been busy. Right. So so now then, are you, are the two of you, <clears throat> I think it's actually very cool that you're, you know, um, David, you were just saying like that you have told her you were jealous. I, I think a lot of jealousy get grows and gets uh, sort of a, or goes to a negative place, especially when it comes to um, coming between couples, if they're after the same thing, when they're not talked about, when they're not communicated, when they're not dealt with. So, I mean, you literally said like, yeah, I was jealous of you. I'm jealous of your celebrity status now. Is that something that is a, a constant thing? Or have you just been like, eh, it's kind of there, kind of creeps in. And then like, you oh, know, we're, we're still us. You know, that depends on the day, right? I mean, we all wake up in the morning and we make up our minds how happy we're going to be. Uh, really, uh, right? Because we either start talking to ourselves in a nice way and we're full of gratitude, like, wow, I woke up. Uh, awesome. I get to I get to have a day. Like, it beats the alternative, right? And um, and then, you know, maybe we have a few things to do that we like to do. And we have people around us that we like to spend time with and we're, we have a happy day. Sometimes we wake up and we didn't sleep well or something hurts. We feel unhealthy <laughs> or 
we're not at ease, right? There's dis-ease. And it's harder to have a, a good day. And we're in our head. Um, we often say, you know, like I say, uh, and Alicia says sometimes and other people, you know, my imagination is a dangerous neighborhood to be in at night, right? Like that's don't walk alone in there. You don't want to walk alone in there at night. Sometimes we have those, mm. those you know, before we go to bed, I'm, I'm staring at the ceiling and it's a little dangerous. I'm starting to beat up on myself. For me, yeah. For me, it's like, can I interrupt? Is that okay? Go. For me, it's like, it's actually between uh, like 2.30 and 5.30 a.m. If I wake up, my brain starts lying to me. It just starts lying. I've learned that it's lies, but um, it'll start to make up problems. Mm. And that's just what my brain does. That's yeah. what this artist brain does because I've, I've done a pretty good job of, um, really watching my brain. And that's what, you know, we meditate, mm. we do all these things to learn to watch our thoughts and um, choose our thoughts and question mm. our thoughts. But in that 2.30 to 5.30 range, I don't have the mental power to yeah. like question my thoughts. So I just believe them. Yeah. Um, and, and you were, you know, to your question, you're saying like, is it, is this, is jealousy a constant thing? I mean, I imagine with some relationships and couples and friendships and it is and that's when you really run into trouble i think mm -hmm. um and if especially if it's not voiced and then there's certain expectations and and expectations are really just premeditated resentments right so then you get into trouble and then there's contempt and when there's contempt i, I think you're in big trouble um, <laughs> i i you know it really does depend on the day i mean today i could tell you um you know i'm incredibly proud of alicia I'm, she's got a project she's going off to do in Atlanta for a few weeks and I will miss her, but it means I get to eat a little more junk food with our daughter and that's kind of fun. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I'm so excited about like, well, where is she going to live in Atlanta? And, and she's gets to fly there and she gets to do these super cool things in this part. And, and that jealous is not like, I wish it were me. That jealous is like, Oh my God, that's like, it's not jealous. It's like, I get to live vicariously. Like, this is so cool. You get to do stunts and, you know. Same with um, him today, auditioning for my favorite show. Right. And, you know, so it's it depends on where are you at the moment. What's your mindset, you know? And and we all get to choose what that mindset is. So we can't always choose that positive thing. Sometimes we, we have a bad day or we don't feel well. And then sometimes we take it out on other people, right? Um, and so, to, so. to quote another, a favorite, another favorite podcast of mine, which is uh, Brene Brown's Dare to Lead, She's been talking recently about her new book, which is Atlas of the Heart, which is all about language. And she actually taught me this week that envy is between two people and jealousy is between three, which is fascinating to me. I, did, I never knew that. Mm -hmm. um, book is all about actually makes sense. Um, makes sense if you think about it. language and the power of language. And one of the you know, I am not Brene, so I'm hope I hope I'm not butchering her ideas here. But one of the main thesis theses of the book is the importance of saying the truth in a relationship and saying that thing that you're you're feeling anyway. So you gotta share it. And once you share it, it's it's not as big as it feels in your head if you don't share it. Um, and that's, I think, one of the mm -hmm. joys of my relationship. When David is w willing to say to me or I'm willing to say to him, I'm envious I or yeah. I'm afraid or I'm, I'm overwhelmed, whatever it is of that moment, it keeps us closer. It's interesting to me to, to, to think about uh, like 
couples who are both in the business and whose job it is sometimes to literally, I mean, I'm not, I'm not taking the best bit. I'm not taking this back to sex just for the sake of sex, because (laughs) I I could do that all the time. But um, like there's, it's your job to have sometimes literal sex scenes and have a physical close encounters with other people. And sometimes within the same productions, you're watching your partner be intimate with somebody else. And Right, right. So this is where I'm going with this, right? And I'm, I'm using an example of like the first time I was like, uh, was when I watched Pretty Woman on Broadway with Andy Carl making out with Samantha Barks while Orphe's standing next to them on stage, right? And I'm like, oh, that's got to be weird. So, but they're again, one of these people that I, or these couples that I feel like just have this intense connection and authenticity and realism that I can see coming through in, in people like yourselves as well, where it's just like, listen, this is how I'm feeling. Let's deal with this. So you said you've done that. Talk me through that. Here's my, here's my philosophy. I'm so curious what David's going to say. Here's my philosophy about sex on stage. We as actors, be it stage or screen, we as actors are the luckiest humans on the planet that we get to do this thing where we get to pretend and fake it. And, and it, it's not breaking up a marriage. Fully sanctioned. Fully sanctioned. It's our <laughs> job, right? So we're so lucky. And I get really kind of annoyed with the people who then fall in love with the person that they're making out with and break up their marriage because then it messes it up for the rest of us, right? It's like, <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um, so I think think if you're married to an actor, you just have to know that. Mm. And you have to, tr- it's, it's a trust issue. It's like, okay, I trust that you don't have feelings for this person. And, you know, PS sex scenes in most, most of the sex scenes I've had in film or television or theater oh, are not that sexy. Like it's, ridiculous. It is so technical. I've not felt yeah. very sexy doing no. them. <laughs> and, you know, because David's experienced it too, he knows that too. Yeah. So maybe that yeah. helps. And, you know, what's interesting, you, you bring up an interesting point. So people, um, actors get in, into a project and they are meant to fall in love with someone on screen, have sex with someone else on screen, right? And I think a lot of people get tricked and they get fooled because they feel that. And then they feel like, well, that's, uh, that's what I want. That's different than what I have at home. So I want that spark. I want that. Right. But it's a lie. It's fake. It's acting. It's not real. Right. And it's so interesting because if we can acknowledge that, like, well, but that's not real. Right. It's we, also not real because, like, you don't have to pay taxes together. You don't have to schedule. <laughs> right. You don't have to pick up the kid together. Right. You don't have to no agree, wipe no, each right. other's there's poop, no, yeah, like, like all the things. Well, wait, that last one was. Wait, wait, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We got like forty-five right, or fifty right, right. more years before we get there. But, I'm forward thinking. Um, no, I just—it's very interesting that as as artists, you know, sometimes we we our job is to be seduced by what's happening, right? Mm-hmm caught up in the moment and what's happening. But that really speaks to what we were talking about before. I mean, if we're in a place where we get caught up and we don't adjust ourselves to what is and what's real, um, then we can feel very jealous. We can feel very lonely. We can feel left behind. We can mm-hmm. feel that everybody else is working more than I am. Every, oh, that person has the job that I want that will probably make me happy, mm-hmm. right? Because we're caught up. We're not really adjusting ourselves to what is. And when it's a different day and we're feeling more present, we're able to say, wow, you know, I like, I have a great career. I've had an amazing body of work. I've, uh, I've gotten to play 
fascinating characters make people in the audience laugh and cry and hate me and um, usually not love me, usually hate me. But, um, you know, what a gift that is. And I see that clearly and I'm, I'm not caught up in, in what's not real, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's weird when that's your job is to get caught up in what's not, is what's not real. It's very, very interesting. Uh, yeah, I think there's there's a, a point of separation where uh, I guess you have to keep mind of that, and it's tricky, and it speaks to the talent that that you have and other people of of this caliber have, because when you are, uh, you have to let go of the of acting, right? There's acting versus being, and you have to be in the moment, you have to be present, and when you're doing all these things and you're in these intimate moments, sometimes literally in some of the most compromising positions. The, to get a camera where it needs to go uh, and whatnot like you've you've there's a level of trust and and uh i guess acceptance that you're having with your your part your scene partners your directors your crew and all of this and it, it and by default by being vulnerable like that you have to let yourself connect with them but then there's a point where you have to separate it like how do you where do you stop and then pull back and say, you know what? I'm still Alicia at the end of the day. I'm still David at the end of the day. We have to go and pick up our kids together. For me, and I'm curious, David's answer about this. I, my, the first job I got after the um, summer stack that we did together, like my first job out of school was I did a one woman show about Virginia Woolf in, at the Edinburgh Festival. And it was spectacular training for me because at the end of each show, she commits suicide. And I had to learn to go deep within this human and then put her on the shelf at the end of the night. And I had to learn that and create tools for myself in a way that I've really never had to use those tools again. I did another play like 10 years later that similarly dealt with mental illness. And and those are big tools, but it's it's fascinating to me having this conversation because it's the same tool set. It's the same tool set that you use when you're having sex with someone on stage. It's it's different. You are not your character. It's a yes, it's a piece of you, and yes, it's real, and yes, you want to give all of you to it. And for me, I had to learn to then put that character on the shelf till eight o'clock the next night, you know? And there are a bunch of tools that you learn as an artist to do that. That's, it's, it's easy to say that, but I had to create a tool set about how to do that. David, what about you? Uh, what, what was the question? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I guess, so the equivalent is, have you seen Jagged Little Pill? Yeah. Yeah, right. So so the character of Mary Jane, whoever's playing that character goes through the recollection, uh, goes through opi- opioid addiction and the recollection of sexual abuse and the dealing with the social pressures of everything going on in the story. And so when I, I talked with uh, Elizabeth Stanley for one yeah. of my episodes a long time ago, and I was like, how do you do this eight times a week? It's the same sort of toolbox, right? How do you do do this eight times a week and still be Elizabeth after every single show? How do you, do you not take Mary Jane home with you at all? Like that's gotta that's gotta be tough. Yeah, yeah, it's um, you know, yeah, it's tough. You you do you take a little bit of the character home with you sometimes. You do you just do. Um, but again, if you live with another actor, that person knows what to expect and and empathizes. Right? It's about empathy. So I mean, I did a play. 
you know, eight shows a week for almost a year and a half. And that's the longest run I've ever done. And, and, um, and it was a two character play. So it was, and it was um, really emotional. There was a huge sort of emotional breakdown for my character. And, you know, it was an incredible arc. It was so fun, but it was really challenging emotionally. And, you know, and I was with a, a partner that really inspired me to never phone it in. It was really hard. And when I came home and I was kind of a wreck sometimes, Alicia knew I needed more time to get back to me, you know? And I like to think like in a great performance, if you're really lucky, you've done a lot of work in preparation and then you set foot on stage and, and your work in preparation and who you are as an actor rises up halfway and the character comes down halfway to meet you. And that's the, that's magic. If that happens, when that happens, that's magic. Right. And then when you get home, that character has to slowly go back up and go back away. Right. And you have to come back down into yourself, get your feet on the ground. So there's a process and um, sometimes it's, it's gradual, but you know, as, as, artists with each other where we try to be very empathetic and, and kind with each other. Um, and uh, not, not to uh, put a damper on the, the, all the sex talk, um, <laughs> but I have to go, to, you know, I have to go, I have a much bigger podcast on the other line. Um, oh, excuse me. And I, go enjoy I, your. <laughs> I always wanted to say that. Like I've never, you know, it's a, it used to be like, you know, tell Spielberg, I've got a much bigger producer on the other line. But uh, these days, I think it's the podcast joke. So I, I or try the Zoom joke. Yeah, the yeah. Zoom joke. I have a much bigger Zoom to get to. Well, it's uh, a wonder, wonderful to talk to you. Go to your other thing. And I know, Alicia, right. we got a few more minutes with you. So I'll, I'll, yes. wrap, I'll wrap up quickly. Terrible things about me. That's I, a- all right. We, good luck. we will. We will. But thank you, David. So, Alicia, um, he was talking about process and, and podcasting. Of course, I think it's a great way to go back to uh, Around the Sun. So, Around, around the Sun uh, is, is this wonderful collection of of Manhattan, New York-y based, like real life sort of scenarios with a little bit of exaggeration. And I, I love, I love the through line behind everything. And I guess you're building out or did build out the voiceover studio was the voiceover part of your career and your life. Has that been around for a while and that got you into around the sun or how did this all come about? So, I mean, it all came about, honestly, one of our producers on equity uh, asked us to do it. Um, she was producing this as well. And she's, that's Suzanne Curry. Um, Mm -hmm. thanks Suzanne Curry. Um, and during the COVID of it all and this pandemic time, the ability to do work from home that feels safe is an extraordinary gift to be creative as an actor person in this moment from home is an extraordinary gift. And um, we were, we, we were, it's, and as a native New Yorker who grew up on the Upper West Side, I love this particular piece. I thought it was so fun and so well-written. I actually feel like our characters should be in season two of Only Murderers in the Building. <laughs> we didn't right. like, right? Like my son, did you know my son? We don't talk about my son. And I I found it hilarious, you know, so, and it was so fun to do. Any chance to work with my husband is a good day. Well, so where do you see sort of things going now and, and not, not related to the physicality of social distancing and COVID and pandemic, but in terms of, of your, your career now has been, so diversified in a very good way because you've got the producing and and um, acting t- across TV, film, and theater, and so many different things. And 
so what, and now voiceover, right? You're adding all this and you built a studio. That's some serious business. Yeah. So times they are changing. And of course the pandemic is, is dictating a little bit of change in how we're sending, doing self tapes and, and interacting with the business, but the business in general, we, we've gone, like you said, you're going to Atlanta soon. So yeah. filming is resumed. Things are, are picking back up to what we will call a normal production pace. Right. But where are things going for you in your mind? Like if you were to manifest this and say, this is what I'm going to be doing in five years, what are you doing? Oh boy. Um, in five years, I will be on a new series that is super fun and funny, but also deep and illuminating. And I have a slate of producing gigs now. Like I have um, a film I'm developing with a Broadway producer, Diana DeMena. Um, I have a bunch of TV projects. I'm trying to think of any of the writers I'm working with or the, actually, this is a great thing. I'm developing something right now with Emmy Lou Harris because I did, we did the 24 hour play festival together. Yes. And um, I loved her play and we got along famously and we talked about something that has nothing to do with the play. And we were like, yeah, I've always wanted to develop. Yeah, I've always wanted to create something about that. And then here we are doing it. My dream is that the slate, you know, like uh, another phenomenal writer who I love is Ashley Nicole Black. And she just got like a deal at a studio. Like that's, that would be really cool. It's like, I want a deal at a studio to, to um, produce and have a, have a slate. I already have the slate. So I just need a little, a little love from there. Um, and then it would be my dream that on my hiatus, I would do something, a limited run on Broadway. Like <laughs> we're going full on dreamy, dream, dream, dream. And I'm, you know, I think the amazing thing about voiceover is you can sneak it in, in between everything. So I'd love to be, I'm at one of the shows I'm also developing is an adult cartoon. So I'm doing, I can be doing that at the same time. So you sound very similar to me in that if you sit down, you just fall asleep. You gotta keep. David and I keep going. Early twenties, where um, he was like, "Babe, just take a nap," and I was like, "I'm not a rester. I don't do that." (laughs) Yeah. Why is that though? What for me? Speaking for myself, I keep going because I feel like I'm not doing things good enough. So I always want the next thing to validate, to validate, to validate. I'm always looking for that next little little uh a check mark to say like i did this and i did this and i did this good this is a good like full circle way to end which is one of the gifts for me of the pandemic is i i learned to meditate and i learned to rest and i learned to appreciate that and it then also made me look at why am i doing all this and my truth is i do it because i love creating. I am a creator. I am an artist and I love, I love creating and I love illuminating worlds in ways that they haven't been illuminated. Like I'm only interested in telling a story if I don't see it already on the planet. And I'm also deeply interested in, in like the healing of the planet. And I think back to Brene Brown, we can't do that unless we tell the truth. So Sometimes we have to tell uncomfortable truths and that's what art can do. It sort of is the candy coating for uncomfortable truths so that we can heal. Um, So that's why I do it. I love it. And 
it allows art, especially theater, allows you to to practice empathy because you can't your brain can't go through those emotions without actually being in those situations. You can't pretend to be under crisis. I mean, so so this is like the art watching art, watching these stories is pulling out is pulling out these emotions that that people need to experience just to just become better people. And like you said, art heals. I completely agree with that. I, w- I wish David was still here because I always have my three questions that we ask uh, people at the end of the episodes. But I'll just ask you since you're the only one okay. here. The first one is very simply is what motivates you? Um, love. Love and healing. And then what advice would you give to your younger self and younger people listening now starting out down a similar path? Um, there is no perfect. Fuck perfect. Go live your dream. I like that. Fuck perfect. That's going on my butt cheek. Tattoos. <laughs> David has a tattoo right here that says there is no perfect. On his wrist. Yeah. I have, yeah. I have as is. <laughs> I love it. Nothing All right. Else. So the last question then, hardest one. If you could only see one show for the rest of your life, but you can see it as many times as you want, what would you see? Oh my God. That is so hard. I should have thought about this before. I didn't think about this. Um, I, I, I kind of have to say, um, waiting waiting for Godot, like, right? Like, All if right. we go there, right? Um, we may as well go there if it's gonna happen every day. I mean, it's that's as meta as I can think to go. How to, how to succeed in business without really trying. Or I don't know, I, there's, I can't, I just can't. <laughs> All right, so where can we find you and David online on socials? Um, at Alicia Reiner, A-L-Y-S-A-A-R-E-I-N-E-R. And that's where you find David too? Yes, exactly. He's cool. at David Allen Beach. Find me, you'll find him because he's probably in my bio. Um, and of course, check out all of the wonderful podcast work that they are doing. Listen to Around the Sun. They are specifically in episode 105, but you can get that at bpn.fm slash around the sun. Alicia, thank you so thank much. This you. has been such a fun conversation. Such a joy. Thank you so much and take good care. And I'm going to jump really quickly because I have to head downtown. Thank you so much. Please give my thanks to David whenever you see him again, which I assume is going to be very, very soon. You can find more of me online at thetheaterpodcast.com. Support the podcast at thetheaterpodcast.com slash Patreon. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Find me on Instagram and Twitter at theater underscore podcast. Please leave a rating and a review wherever you're listening to the podcast now. Thank you to Jukebox the Ghost for the intro and outro music. And Alicia and David, thank you so much. This has been so much fun. Make the world a little colorful. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.